Hello, everybody, and welcome to the pod show you know and love, the only web show about video games, Push to Shout. What's that's going on it. this week, that's, Skippy? That's right. We're the only ones that talk about video games. Uh, <clears throat> We're the second podcast about movies. Yeah, uh, and TV shows as well. Um, uh, not a whole lot going on. As usual, E3 grows nearer and news grows thinner. Uh, we've got an announcement of a new Assassin's Creed game, which is huge. Uh, we'll get to that in the section, uh, new section titled News Nobody Cares About. Who could have seen that coming now? I don't, I, mean, this I is, it's mind blowing. I don't know why they didn't wait till E3 to make such a huge announcement. Uh, we've got Zynga cutting their workforce. We got Witcher 3 about to come out. We got a Polygon article. So stay tuned for that one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. I haven't played a lot of video games this week. Uh, I've I played a very small amount of, of uh, GTA V. Not much to say there, except that I finally got the textures on high instead of medium or whatever, and they look a lot better. So, What do you mean, finally? I mean, like, I've been playing for a long... Like, I played the first 50 hours of that game with medium textures, and they looked terrible, and then just, like, one notch higher, and they looked great. Oh, I thought you, like bought any graphics cards and I no no of course not i did uh i did buy a new video game that i regret buying at, at least at, at, at right now i regret buying it maybe if i get a steering wheel and pedals i won't regret it but project cars came out this week i, I saw think. your video <laughs> yeah is is it that bad the whole thing? i it's there there are a lot of glitches but they're usually like they're not i don't know they're not so numerous that it's like game breaking or anything. That was the worst of them. Uh, there's a lot of moments where like you'll be sliding in your car and you'll just flip over. Uh, I mean, that can happen in real life, granted, but it's weird and it doesn't seem to follow any kind of logic and the physics is all wonky. And uh, But the worst part of the game is that if you try to play it with a gamepad, as a lot of people probably will try to play it with a gamepad, uh, it's terrible. Like, truly atrocious. Uh, the turning is way too sensitive. Even if you just try make the like make the smallest little movement on your thumbstick, it it jerks the car. And and so when you're trying to do like really precise racing, and it's like a, it prides itself for being a simulator, so you have to be very precise. But you can't make precise inputs on the steering. It's like all or nothing. And just going down a straightaway and trying to keep the car straight, you're going to be like rocking back and forth trying to just. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. It's it is miserable. It's awful. I I hate it. Reminds it reminds me. You hear that Penn and Teller game? I think it was for the Genesis. God no. Okay, <laughs> it was a it was like a Penn and Teller collection of games, like mini games, and they were all kind of jokey, a very nineties full motion video in one of these really old games. It's it's you know, it's what it is. But there's one game where you're literally just driving a bus. I think it's called Desert Bus, and you're just driving a bus from one city to another and it's like eight hours of straight driving and it's literally just you driving down a road for eight hours and you can't just hold down the button or anything because like the car uh, the bus will drift very very slightly so you have to be constantly correcting for it 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 was a joke and it's pretty funny but it's kind of developed a community of people who will marathon it and (laughs) wow i've never heard turns uh that sounds amazing yeah, it's uh, a nice little curiosity. This game is not amazing. Uh, it has a pretty good selection of tracks, although it, it has omitted some rather weird ones that you wouldn't think it would have omitted. Uh, like, I think it has like a rip-off Monaco track. Like, it's supposed to be Monaco, but it's like an unnamed southern France town. It's really odd. I don't know if that's like a licensing thing. I, I have no idea. Uh, and... So anyway, the reason I bought it was because it got great reviews and I've been looking for a good racing sim to get that doesn't really necessarily require a steering wheel and pedals, but it's terrible. Um, I think that I can probably change some settings and make it so that the inputs aren't as as twitchy and stuff, Uh, but it's at the moment it's terrible. There's like a really, really in-depth settings menu that lets you change dead zone and and sensitivity and all that but like i don't really it doesn't do a good job of explaining what each one does or anything um but anyway at the moment i i I regret it i should have bought dirt rally instead which is apparently really great and uh yeah even though that's early access and we talked about how bad early access is but anyway 
Fuck Project Cars. Don't buy it, at least at the moment. Was it $60? Uh, 50 Okay. I, I paid $50 for a game that I might never play again. I don't know. I'll probably find a way to get the controller to work better with it. I'm sure other people are having the same problem. I just haven't had the time to, to like research it. Um, I've been gone all weekend at, at our river house and doing fun shit that doesn't involve video games. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I, video games suck. What, have you been playing well, video games? No, I found one that's not oh. bad. Uh, Veselikov got it for me on Steam like a month ago or so, and I hadn't played it yet. But then I saw like a, a gameplay video of it online just, you know, through related videos, stumbling upon it. And it was so cool. I had to play it, and I'm glad I did. It's called Crypt of the Necro Dancer. I watched like three minutes of your stream while you were oh, playing man, it. Oh, man, it's so fun. Uh, so the premise is it's like a, like a dungeon crawler roguelike thing, but everything is to the rhythm of music. So when you're moving, you're doing it to the beat, like, you know, left, left, left. And when you attack, you do it to the beats, whether, whether it's quarter notes or eighth notes. And everything is to the rhythm, and it's really, really fun. And um, it's more strategic than I thought it would be. A lot of the game is sort of positioning yourself because the way you attack is everything's done with just the four um, arrow keys. So you attack just by pressing the arrow key when you're next to an enemy. And you kind of have to find like a break in their motion and position yourself next to him just on the right beat. And it's really fun. Um, I'm on like the second world. It's harder than I thought it would be, but I'm really enjoying it. The coolest part about it, though, so far, is the custom music. Uh, You can use any MP3 file as the music for the game and it'll detect the beats and you can play along to it that's and really awesome it it really is and it's way more accurate than i thought it would be like it's it's so easy you just go in the menu you click the custom music you choose which level you want it to be for you can actually uh set your own music for every level in the game and then it'll just stay that way until you turn it off and um it'll just open up a window you browse the file and there it is and wow. uh it's also got some it's really good option-wise, too, um, just just in general, but also with respect to the custom music. Um, one example is a song that I put in um, from VVVVVV. It was sort of like detecting beats that were too far apart. Like it was doing um, like twice as slow as it should be. But there's an option, if, in case it does that, to double the speed of the beats. So And you can also half it, too. So it really... They put a lot of effort into making the custom music a viable thing. I'm really, I'm really enjoying that game. Yeah, we do love our rhythm games. It seemed to me almost like that was like a turn-based strategy game, except each turn was to the beat. Yeah, that's that's a good way to describe it. It's a turn-based roguelike where the turns are, you know, not controlled by you. The turns happen to the rhythm, and um, it's actually kind of interesting because. The songs aren't loops. They don't just loop until you finish the level. They're finite-length songs. So you try to do as much as you can and get as many items and as much gold as you can per floor before the song ends, and it forces you. So all the while, while you're trying to keep up this beat, you're also trying to like economize on your motion. You don't want to make unnecessary movements. So it, there's a, that game has a lot going for it. It's more complex than it looks, and it's it feels really really good to play. That's probably the biggest thing I can say about it. That just doing anything to a rhythm is satisfying, just in a very primal kind of way. Yeah. And that game makes you do everything to the rhythm. So even just moving across a room, it doesn't really you know it's not just like okay I'm gonna walk there. It's fun even if there's nothing in your way. Yeah, I I I want more games that incorporate gameplay with rhythm that's beyond just pressing buttons not that there's anything wrong with just pressing buttons but like i I had an idea for like a hotline miami game where your your attacks were to the beat of the music which would have been really cool to me and i'm I'm sure something like that'll come out and it sounds like that's actually a little bit like that yeah and uh super bunny hop you heard of him he's a my probably my third favorite games critic on youtube but he did a video on uh crypto the necrodancer and he used hotline miami's music in the game and it it fits perfectly and it looked really cool. I'm probably going to play it with that music yeah, soon. That's um, that's awesome. It I, really is. I, I might have to check it out. They even have an option for a dance pad that you can put pl- I don't have a dance pad, but you can plug one in 
And uh, there's a separate mode for that where it's like a little bit more forgiving with the window. And there's not quite as many enemies going around. So they, they put thought into it. It feels like a finished game with polished, complete features. Is it a finished game with polished and complete features? Um, I Okay, so I know that it was originally early access, but I don't think it is anymore. Um, I'm just going to click on it now and see. But I think it's finished. If it's not finished, then it could be released like this as a finished product. Uh, Steam, it looks like it's not early access anymore. So, yeah. Yay. But, yeah, that's it's cool. I, I, you should play it. Uh, it's $15. Yeah, it's well worth the $15. Good. That's. I'm glad to hear it. I might I'm, I'll almost definitely check that out, actually. Yeah. Um, it's got some pretty creative bosses, too. Like, the bosses have their own, like, unique little gimmicks that are that are pretty fun. Like, one of the bosses is a huge gorilla and a bunch of little guys who are dancing around in a conga line. And you have to kind of navigate your way around that. And it's fun. It's a really good game. That's cool. I, I need a game to... Well, I don't know if I'm going to play a game on it, but I, I am taking a trip uh, Friday to Wednesday, so we might actually have to delay the podcast next week, or I doubt I'll have the time to... to figure out a way to do it uh on time so we'll probably have to delay it today uh so advanced warning for that but yeah i I, that would be a probably a pretty cool game to play on the plane with a laptop yeah because i uh i went home from college because my finals are over and done with all that so i don't have my um desktop computer with me anymore so i was kind of looking for for games that could run really well on a laptop and this fits the bill perfectly yeah um okay no segue for this, but I I wanted to mention I mentioned this on Twitter. It's been okay. Have you ever heard of the the web comic Concerned, which was like a G I saw it years ago. Yeah, uh, ten years ago to be exact. Uh, apparently, like last week or something was the ten year anniversary of that web comic uh, coming out, and uh, that was like a big thing like i was following that thing like every week i would i would look into that thing and and follow it and it was really mind-blowing to to hear that like 10 years has passed since that thing started uh and the author his name's chris livingston he he, i think he writes for pc gamer now um he he has a website or had a website or has an archive of he used to write a lot of like just little blog article things about temping he was a temp uh, and he would go into offices and, and it was called not my desk because he was always working at other people's desks. And, uh, he's a very funny guy. He wrote a lot of funny articles. I, I just, I wanted to give a shout out to that because I spent a lot of time reading his little articles and, and having a little bit of a nostalgia trip because I used to read a lot of his stuff and read the webcomic and stuff. It, it was a really good webcomic and it was, it kind of, to me that and like red versus blue, I guess, uh, cemented in my head the idea that actually video games, as dumb as they are, can actually be used to make some pretty cool stuff or funny stuff. Uh, yeah, that, I think somebody on my Steam when I was like twelve sent me that, and yeah, I didn't follow it really after that. But yeah, that was a while ago. I loved it. It's like I would actually like cite that as almost like a an inspiration for some of the stuff I do online now. You know, how old is Penny Arcade? I don't know. I never. I never. I was never into Penny Arcade. I wasn't either. Just curious because that convention's been around for a while now and so the comic was before that whatever yeah lots of old getting long in the tooth we're getting old man we're gonna have to shut the podcast down pretty soon probably uh you know we just can't keep it up have you seen daredevil on netflix no you mentioned it last week Uh, did i yeah i have not checked it out did i really yeah you mentioned it was really good yeah you're okay. losing your mind. We just said. We're I am. Old. Yeah, it's, I finished it. It's bad. I guess if I already talked about it, then I already talked about it. But um, the quality stayed good. Yeah. <laughs> through. Yeah. Uh, you said it was I good. Guess not to um, retread. If you didn't hear the last one, the short version, very good practical effects. Doesn't take itself seriously. Really fun show. Good. Good stuff. Probably Spe- my favorite Marvel thing actually, because I really I can't really get into those superhero movies. It's they're tired for me. But Daredevil's good. Speaking of good shows, are you caught up on Mad, on Men, Mad Men and nope. Game of Thrones? Nope, 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 nope. God damn it. Uh, there's only one episode left of Mad Men. You need to catch yes. up so that you can watch it on time. Uh, I'm not going to watch it on time. I'm going to... 
Well, fuck I'm going to watch that without commercials afterwards. Well, sure, but I mean, like on the night of, you gotta, you gotta oh, be yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to download the, um, the previous episodes and watch them that day and finish up the show. I'm going to be on an island in the Caribbean, so I don't know if I'll actually be able to watch it on time, but we'll see. <laughs> um, it's good. The, the, the Mad Men, like the last like three, four, actually like this whole half season of Mad Men, each episode has been a little better than the last somehow, and like it's actually looks like it's building into a really good neat conclusion um which is kind of surprising i i I had no idea how they were gonna i still don't really have any idea how they're gonna finish it and i'm not gonna spoil it or anything but like they're going in a pretty weird direction Uh, not like it's not like mind-blowing or anything it's just like very psychological uh it seemed to be getting that way at the point i was at that yeah it was getting really close into what don actually wants to do yeah don don's like finding himself and it's it's pretty interesting uh i I don't know if this has changed after the point i watched but i thought it was pretty interesting that roger sterling in like the couple seasons prior to this he's been doing all this kind of free spirit finding himself kind of thing not in like a 20 year old girl kind of way like i'm gonna study abroad in venezuela and find myself but he's you know He's kind of loosened up, and then yeah. after the uh, the merger, where he has to be the president of this company, he gets that um that wide mustache that spans across his face, and he's <laughs> like way more serious. And you can just tell he's not really happy. Like, I don't yeah, know. I, I like that stuff about I, the show. That uh, the episode where he has the LSD trip, uh, oh, it was a very very good scene. Uh, yeah, he's he's I, I I won't call him an underrated character. I think people generally like him, but like. I think there's a lot of depth there that they they really don't explore enough. I think that they could go further with his character, but anyway, it's it's mostly about Don. I and I I like to keep it that way because I think Don is kind of fascinating, hope, as boring as people say he is. I, I he's interesting. I hope Peggy gets her. Uh, well, I, I don't want her to get anything in particular, but I hope they give her a proper resolution too. They will. Probably she's will. she's yeah. like the second most important character on the show, yeah. so I think they will. Uh, the last one that I watched, the second to last episode, focused a lot on Pete Campbell. Yeah, I thought they were kind of neglecting him for a while, so I'm glad they're getting back to him. He was like probably the third most important character for a long time in that show. Yeah, like off and on, like he'd be really important, and I, he was mostly because his actor is so good. He's a fantastic yeah. character. Like they they rely a lot on the really good actors in that show. Because actually. He, I went. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to take your thunder. Okay. It sounded like you were wrapping up. So no, it's fine. Go ahead. I was watching the first episode again, and it's really interesting to see how they change like their delivery and the way they talk. Um, Don, particularly, I didn't remember that he talked that way at all. Like in the first season of that show, he sounds almost like meek and I don't know, like way less authoritative sounding than he does by the end like he kind of has like this weakness in his voice i thought that was kind of interesting i think that's most noticeable with like peggy uh, oh yeah who came in as like totally. a secretary who was trying to prove herself like uh, it was really if you go back and watch yeah the first season it's it's really they, they've the characters have changed a lot more than you realize um it, it, but one of the funniest things to watch change is the show's focus what it chooses to focus on like at the start, I noticed in that first episode, almost every single line was a vehicle to show. Look at how sexist and sixties this world is. Like, and there's um, still some of that. that that's like, uh, yeah, but my biggest criticism of the show, probably. It it definitely cooled off like a lot, even by the second episode of the show. Yeah, that very first episode, they're like, "I sure do love smoking," and then there's a scene across the bar and everybody's smoking. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, hey girls, how you doing? Wow, that's a nice piece of ass there. And yeah, know. considering it's a pilot it's episode, really you can kind of forgive it. Start. I think. Uh, right, right. But even in this like very last half season, there's been a couple moments where people are just so, and I don't know if you've gotten to some of them yet, but like people are so blatantly just sexist and horrible and i think uh, i got to one scene like that with um joan yeah there's there's it's just like okay the show isn't subtle we've addressed this before i think for the most part that's fine but when it comes to like 
look how much it's like 1970 or 1965 or whatever era they're in. It's just like, all right, it, it's way too in your face with that stuff. But it's, I think it's forgivable considering the rest of the show is so good and it's so minor. It's of a, part of, of the charm. Nitpick. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and I guess, you know, at the time when that show came out, that is what people were talking about. Like the skinny ties, sexism. That was the discussion of that's the discussion that went on when you talked about Mad Men. Sure, yeah, um, and and that's a lot of the themes they're setting up have very directly to do with that. So yeah, whatever. Uh, good show. So is Game of Thrones. Nothing to say about Game of Thrones, really. It's just being Game of Thrones. I'm going to read some of it though. I'm finally going to get a chance because I'm going to have these plane rides and whatnot. So uh, I'll probably I don't know try to get through the first book. Um, okay, well, Game of Thrones. I started reading those, and I got through, like, a couple of the books. But what really, like, started making it slog for me was that I knew everything that was going to happen, basically, from the show. Yeah. And that, those books really aren't, like, they're not really, like, literarily deep. The plots are cool and interesting, and there's complicated political intrigue, and I get all that, but... A lot of the enjoyment, probably most of it, is you know finding out what happens next and where it's going, and or at least that's a huge part of it. It's not like a, it's not so much about the character study and how it happens. The importance is really big on what happens, and so if you know what happens, it kind of becomes a bit of a chore to keep reading through scenes that you've already seen played out. Yeah, I got a little bit of that impression in the first book because it's very. You know, it's it's pretty much exactly what happens in the show. But I think – I hope that it will maintain my interest enough just because it will be interesting to see. First of all, uh, how it differs from the show. Very recently, people have been saying that, like, they've been diverging a lot. Yeah. Uh, this so is – it's the classic anime problem of <laughs> the show catching up to the to yeah the, the manga. Except in this case, it's the books. And yeah, I, I, they're going to have to go like a few seasons without any new material because I think the sixth one, the book, I don't even think it's confirmed for next year, really, or that he, he wants to finish it next year, but not necessarily publish it next year. I, so I they're going to have quite a bit of time. I, they, okay, so they they're they're creating plot lines apparently that don't even really exist in the book. I'm wondering if if they'll diverge enough from the book that they'll almost just path their own like they'll make their own path that just practically has nothing to do with it i think that they they work pretty closely with uh what's his name uh george rr martin yeah i think they i think they at least they know they definitely know how it ends because there was like all these news articles that said so but like i i have a feeling that they they might have their own plans with it which because i can't imagine them going like three seasons or however fucking long it takes for him to write the book just filler yeah yeah nothing happening like because you can't have that much happen if you plan to go along with the books in the end like it's it would be a mess yeah and from what it seems like they might be doing that because from from what i've heard i haven't read the last books but they've kind of like shorten the timeline on some things like some things that happen in the later books are happening sooner than they do yeah. in the books. So I think they kind of have an idea where they want to take it, which I'm totally fine with because they're clearly competent writers of TV. Yeah. Uh, so I, I hope I hope the, the books, you know, grab me. Uh, when I started reading the first book, even though I knew what happened, I was in I was in Europe and I was reading it like on the trains and stuff like that. And it, it did. I, it, I wanted to keep reading it, um, but I didn't have a chance to. So I, I'm going to try to pick it back up and hopefully hopefully it'll grab me. I, I reread uh, for a class, actually, about, I guess it would have been a year and a half ago. Uh, I took a class on Tolkien, and we read hmm. all of Tolkien's major works. And uh, The Lord of the Rings, like, I, I think... I'm wondering if, the Game of Th- if Game of Thrones will have some of the same appeal that Lord of the Rings had from a from a, a, I guess, a intellectual level or, or analytical level, which is the Lord of the Rings has so much influence from real history or at least real fiction from centuries ago. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's awesome to, to be able to parallel like themes and what's happening in the Lord of the Rings in, in the books and the way that even, even the way they're written to real life history 
how yeah. things were written back then, uh, you can go really deep into that shit because Tolkien was like a literal genius and and yeah studied this stuff and could speak like I think ancient his, languages. His like actual occupation or you know academic profession. I think he was a linguist. Yes, and he was. So th- I think it's interesting to compare J.R.R. and G.R.R. Tol- or fuck whatever. Yeah. You can they're like um George R. R. Martin is like a genre story writer. Like he wrote fantasy and sci fi stories. So I don't know. I don't I don't want to shit on Game of Thrones, but I think that Lord of the Rings was like so seminally different and so deep with all those complicated languages and you could it, it really lends itself to a wiki or you know the Cimmerillion which uh, he and his son you know whatever yeah. I don't know if Game of Thrones really has that I'm I think it's going it to be tremendously have... influential but yeah I, I'm positive it doesn't have that same amount of depth but I, I think uh, even on just a very basic level it probably has like, I already know, like, from the show, uh, my dad and I have started watching it. My dad just started watching in the middle of this season without really knowing what's going on. And he's pointed out, like, how similarly a lot of the show goes with English history and, like, Hadrian's Wall and the parallels between that and the the wall in Game yep. of Thrones. And uh, I, I think... I don't know. It, it could be fun to just pick apart that stuff and see if I can find little similarities that may or may not be intentional. Uh, and and it's it's funny because George R. R. Martin has like I'm pretty sure he's come out and like criticized Tolkien for really stupid shit. Like Tolkien should have uh, kept Gandalf dead, and he was weak for for bringing Gandalf back and crap like that. And uh, seeing that criticism makes me really interested to read his books and and. And I obviously I know they're not going to hold up to Tolkien. I mean that, that's just an unfair standard. But apparently that's the standard that he's holding himself to. So, well, uh, I mean line by line, they're they're like a more interesting read, I think. Um, uh, yeah, the Lord of the Rings doesn't tell the best story. Like it's not. Yeah, it, and it, at least and at least at like the character level, George R. R. Martin's characters are way more interesting i think yeah i'd agree but with that the, too. the the world of lord of the rings is where what really matters and you know and the I, way it's written okay they're so su- they're so superficially similar that it's like you're tempted to to try to draw these comparisons but they're really different in what they yeah. seem to focus on i, I there's i'm about to dork out just over one little part in the lord of the rings which is my favorite part in the books um it's a good part in the movies too um there's the part where uh, it's it's the final battle in in, in Gondor, and one of the uh, the dragon riding what are they called the night race or ring race? Nazgul. Uh, Nazgul, exactly. He has his he has the the king king of uh, of Gondor. Uh, no, not of Gondor of uh, Rohan. Uh, he orders his dragon to eat him, and then like his daughter, you know stands up to the the Nazgul and how oh, is it that part yeah that part the way that it's written in the book is written as if it was like a uh like the heroic tales of like nordic uh lore uh, there's also a part where the, the the writers of Rohan are about to charge into battle, or the part where they actually charge into battle in front of Gondor is written that same way. And if you just look up, like it's at the end of one of the chapters, and I can't remember exactly where, but like there's one or two paragraphs that are just written, fucking amazing. Like they're they are incredible. Uh, the the rest of the book doesn't necessarily like follow that same <laughs> level of just like the way that it parallels with 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 how these things were written in the past. And the heroic nature of them, and and the way that Tolkien evokes that while still making it easy to read and 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 almost modernized, is fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 that. Maybe I should say that under news nobody cares about because I don't think anyone probably cares about what I'm talking about. But if you do care, look it up in the books. Look up the part where where uh, uh, Rohan rides to Gondor's uh, aid, and and it's it's amazing. Yeah, he's. He's a great writer, but he might be an even better reader. And he, I can't take credit for finding this quote. It was actually Mr. Beetong who pointed it out in one of his videos. But uh, he had a really interesting thing to say about uh, like allegory in books. And um, he basically 
categorically said that I don't do allegory, intentional allegories, but I, I try to write for applicability that you can, you know, you can look at something in these books and then apply it to the real world and yeah. draw thematic parallels. And that's probably my the way I tr- think fiction should be looked at. Yeah, you can't. I don't think you'll be able to look at Game of Thrones that way. Uh, With applicability in mind, like uh, moral applicability. Like, uh, yeah, I guess. Like the the moral compasses of the people in that show don't really seem entirely human. <laughs> so I think. Well, I think that's part of the appeal of the show is that in some ways they are human because that's how people acted. Yes, they, they still act that way. I mean, ISIS and shit. Like people are yeah. horrible. Uh, when they have power, people can get really fucking terrible, and they they have in the past. And I think that uh, whether people realize it or not, I think that's part of the appeal of the show is that like you look at it and you say, "Jesus Christ, that's ridiculous that they're doing that." But yeah. like that that actually happens. You know, ISIS burns people alive in cages. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Anyway, this is a video game podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's I don't know, news. I think we should talk about ISIS more. <laughs> yeah, we should just talk about ISIS for the next hour. Can we get Obama as a guest? Probably. Uh, news. Uh, not a whole lot of it. Zynga, I've talked about them maybe last week or the week before, and how horrible they are. I think it was last uh, week. Yeah. And soon after that, they it came out that they cut 18% of their workforce, which uh, turned out to be... 364 employees, uh, which seems really bloated to me. I mean, I understand they're cutting the workforce, so there you go. But, like, they make they don't make grand games. They don't need, like, fleets of programmers or anything. I don't know what all these employees are doing at Zynga. They've got uh, to have a lot of lawyers. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, if, you're, if your whole business model is ripping off smartphone games and <laughs> rebranding them, then you you probably need a pretty hefty legal team. Yeah, uh, I don't know that that company's fucked, and I'm gonna enjoy watching them slowly die. Uh, I was I Wikipedia them, and boy, you should Wikipedia Zynga. You can see like quotes from the from the founder, which are just unbelievably horrible. Like just like the most stereotypical uh, shitty things to do in the video game industry. Uh, it, it's 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 pretty it's pretty great. Uh, Moving on. Uh, do you know anything about The Witcher 3? Um, yeah, it's coming out. I, I've seen lots of the pre-release stuff for it. I haven't actually played any of the games. I picked up The uh, Witcher 2 when it was on sale for $3 recently. It might yeah. still be on sale, um, but I haven't played them yet. I plan to. It looks really cool. Um, probably the best-looking game I might have ever seen. Uh, really impressive technology, hair physics. Ooh. Bloodborne started a trend, but I, The Witcher Threes is even cooler. It's called Hairworks, and oh, God. It's, it's really impressive. It really is. And then the the facial hair grows over time on on Geralt. So, is it just me, or does that guy look like just someone you never want to know, like just a douche? He, I, Geralt. I, I can't get it out of my head. Every time I see him, it's just like. I don't know. He belongs in like it looks like he's a seventy year old like screamo band veteran or something. Well, like I don't he know just about screamo band, but I don't know. He, it's just there's something like emo about him. He's, but he's, he's too old to be emo. From what I understand ah! from what I understand, he's supposed to be hard. He's supposed to be a professional and you know, approachability isn't really one of his traits. Why does he wear like ponytail and shit? I I just I, I don't know. I, it's pretty CG project. Project Red is Polish, right? I think they are. Yeah, they are. So it's it's very that kind of, I don't know exactly what the ethnic name for that area. I don't know. That sounds Eastern racist. European sensibility of yeah, that's that that's what I'm about. But <laughs> not quite Nordic. I don't know what you'd call it. But this really kind of interesting historical whatever. But I, I think it fits. I like him it's like, as a character. It's uncharacteristically nitpicky for me, but every time I see that character, it makes me not want to play the game because he just seems so, yeah, like not not in a cool, like he's not he's not like hard and stoic in a cool way to me. He's hard and stoic in like, I, it's hard to even explain it. It's like he's trying hard or something. I don't know. I he just 
Ugh. I don't know. How much How much have you actually seen of uh, Practically not. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. I, get, I, mean, I know, I accept that like, I'm being like overly judgmental and, and prejudiced, but it, I, I'm just telling you the truth about how I feel about that guy. He just seems like he sucks. There's something to be said for first impressions, but I'm, from seeing him talk in different videos and stuff, he doesn't really... He's not unlikable once you see him. Yeah, someone pointed out the big boss wears a ponytail, and he's right, but I think Big Boss pulls it off a little bit better. An eye patch helps, you know? Uh, he, that's what he needs. He needs an eye patch. He needs to lose an eye. Uh, all right, yeah. I, Baltic. I was, that's, that, yes. Maybe, okay. I guess. Maybe? Sure. Yeah. I I was impressed and kind of excited when I first saw The Witcher 3 like footage. Uh, the in-game stuff looked really good. I guess it was like a year and a half ago, or maybe just last E3. Um but since then, I haven't seen like anything about it. It got like a ten out of ten from GameSpot. Like critics are going, critics are going crazy for The Witcher Three. They're going wild for the Wild Hunt. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It it, it feels overhyped to me, but I'm sure it's it, good. I don't know. I mean, from what I, I can't, you know, I haven't played the game, so I can't say. But I heard that The Witcher Two was phenomenal and underrated by the general public. So it it wouldn't surprise me if that game was, you know, close to perfect. Close to perfect. Okay. Yeah. High I mean, standards. I mean, this year, the ones to watch are basically Phantom Pain, Bloodborne, and this. All right. Well, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not in the mood for RPG or something, but I just haven't even been able to bring myself to look at footage or anything. And I, I have... No true right to to criticize the game in any way because I know almost nothing about it. What what earned my purchase was the uh, the gameplay and just the the detail. They hired a botanist to design like the the foliage, and they really pay really close attention to how they make this world, and uh, you can tell that they put a lot of care into it. Yeah, I, I will admit that there's a screenshot that someone showed me on Twitter of uh, I think The Witcher Two. Uh, I criticized the character in much the same way that I have here, and they replied with a screenshot of the game. It looks like uh, a woman has just gotten out of bed with him, perhaps, uh, yeah. and she says, Geralt, you reek and have woken all the neighbors. What kind of role model are you? And then the reply is, humph, I'm out of here. <laughs> and and that, that won me over a little bit with <laughs> this Geralt guy, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I might. I might check it out. Just I, I, right now, I'm going on vacation and shit, so I, I can't care about video games. I, somebody, somebody I'm, I'm in the plugging. chat. Somebody in the chat said, "You seen all the Metal Gear Solid Five stuff no. coming out today?" Um, yeah, I heard about some of it. I didn't get to see it yet, but I what? heard that our our friend Game Over Giggy, oh. uh, kind of funny games or whatever, has like a preview copy and he's playing it. And from what I've heard so far. There are bears, and you can fight the bears and Fulton them and bring them back to Mother Base. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and there are also super soldiers called Skulls that are very, very difficult. Um, takes ten tranquilizers or something to take them out. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I don't. I haven't seen the text or anything. This is just hearsay, but, you know, sounds cool. I'm really looking forward to Metal Gear Solid Five. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I'm wondering if they'll show anything at E3, given the fact that Konami like probably won't even have a showing there, and the relationship between Konami and Kojima. I yeah, I don't know how the marketing knows? for that game is going to go. It's it's a, they're in a weird situation. I mean, they've already got the the bulk of the marketing work they have to do is kind of done. Like those yeah, trailers, but you have to those do stuff are... right before the release, obviously. Like yeah, but. You know, it's in a, a fifth numbered title in a very, very established franchise. So true, but you always want to, yeah, yeah, gather more people into your. Speaking anyway. of Konami, though, yeah. uh, did you hear that they DMCA'd Super Bunny Hop? No, I he, thought you were gonna thought you were gonna segue into something much bigger than this. Um, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. They, he made a video that was sort of just kind of what we know about the Konami Kojima situation and kind of giving his take on it, you know, it's a good video and, um, they DMCA'd it 
just that kind sucks. of silence his uh, critical opinion of them. And they've since uh, it rescinded it. The video's back up now after there was a big shitstorm over it, but it's not looking good for Konami. They're impressively badly managed. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. They, they're going through a transition very obviously. Uh, and who knows? I don't know. Their plan seems to be kind of go the mobile game, like free to play shit. I, I mean, I'm kind of, this is a, little, a lot of conjecture, but it seems like they're moving away from AAA titles and stuff like that. And they're going to use the licenses they already have to just milk shit out. Uh, so fuck them. Fuck Konami. <laughs> um, speaking of fuck Konami, we mentioned last week that it was really awesome that uh, PT uh, is still available or was still available on the PS4 and that like they weren't forcing you to, to undownload it or whatever. Uh, and then I think either the night of or the next day, uh, it was announced that no... Actually, PT is not a, no longer available for download, and if you even if you already own it, uh, if you were to lose it somehow or get it corrupted, you can't get it back. So hmm. now, like, there's PS4s on sale on the internet for like stupid amounts of money because they have PT installed on their hard drive and shit, and it's it's really depressing because PT was so cool, and I think the only reason they're taking it down is because it was technically an advertisement for Silent Hills. But the only part that was an advertisement was the very end. Yes. And I, I don't know why you can't patch it to just take out the very end and then bear, just leave it. We, just we leave talked it on about there. it. I think we talked about it a little bit like the last week or the week before. But we do know that Kojima does own the Fox engine. So that might be part of it. But it's a real shame. I don't know. I, I've got that installed on mine. Uh, if these are really... Yeah, we did talk about this. I think we did talk about the... like. Well, we talked PS4 about the were listed for like thousands of dollars. Did we? Did we? I thought I thought the news came out after our podcast that that they were actually like that it was going to be completely like unavailable after after it's gone. I don't know. I, maybe it was still just up in the air, like you didn't really know what was going to happen. I don't know. I don't remember. I think there was like a moment of okay. No, here's what I remember. So we talked about it because they they set a date where they said, all right, from this date forward, uh, PT's no longer going to be available on the store. And everyone was wondering whether that meant if you already had it, like if you down, go ahead and download it, is it it's in your library? Can you download it later if you have to restart your PS4 or whatever? Uh, and then for a moment of time, it was still available. Like for a day or two, it was still available to people who own it, or maybe it was even still on the store page. And there was like this consensus that Konami had done this really nice thing to preserve their really great game. And then like two um, days later, yeah. they killed it. I'm looking at it now. Sony is warning PlayStation four owners that PT cannot be redownloaded after it's deleted. That's a real shame. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, there's, there's a whole kind of, uh, community focusing on game preservation because, uh, video games, especially recently have been, not very forward-thinking in preservation terms with these downloadable things and like stuff relying yeah. on you know DRM and whatnot. And this is a to me a major example of like, it, I mean, it's really tragic because I, I think eventually there's just going to be no way to play PT. Like it's just going to be a thing of the past, which is like holy shit. It was it was to me groundbreaking. Like I I think I still think it's going to revolutionize how people design horror games and now. It's going to be unavailable like from now on, which is crazy. My, I'm crossing my fingers, hoping really desperately that maybe Kojima will be able to re-release it stripped down afterwards. Because PT itself has no Silent Hill intellectual property. Konami probably owns it. I don't know, but who knows how much Kojima's taken with him? Because he's taken the Fox engine. I'd I don't be know. Amazed. I, I I would be. I don't think it's likely at all, but I, I would really like that if that happened. Yeah, I, I would uh, be amazed if that happened. I am glad that uh, I have it, so I'll try not to uh, break this PS4. Yeah, I didn't install it because I'm stupid. Ah, oh, damn. I forgot to. That's rough. Yep. Wow. It sucks. Especially because like, I, I, like it was my brother's law, brother-in-law's PS4 that he's letting me borrow to play Bloodborne, 
and he's he's taking like night classes and stuff so i'm he's like you're actually doing me a favor by taking this off my hands but like i wanted to like install that game and show it to him because he's he's kind of into horror games of like or like used to be and now i can't that's really rough yep it sucks god damn it that's depressing yeah there's got to be I don't know. Archiving other media is so much easier than trying to do downloadable games tied to accounts. I don't know what yeah. this is going to... It kind of makes you think about what, how much of this stuff is going to be preserved in like 30 years or something. Yeah. Okay. As far as I know, I don't actually... Maybe they probably did uh, like future printings of the Bloodborne disc have the update on it, but just thinking about something like that, Without PSN services and updates, if you get that disc, can you even play it at all? Is it going to be a completely unpatched version? I don't know. It's and I, in the past, I've generally had faith that people could go into the code and figure out a way. Like they've done it with you know yeah. emulators for generations now. But I think, especially with this generation where everything's downloadable and everything's tied to the internet. It's going to be really hard in some cases, and you know, like yeah. uh, definitely impossible in certain cases where a lot of the game is being downloaded real time and stuff. That's going to be more popular as internet connections get, you know, fast internet gets gets more popular. People are going to rely more on it, and it's going to be impossible to to recreate that stuff, which is crazy. Yeah, uh, and we don't we don't have working emulators for PS3 and um, Xbox yeah. 360 yet. They're kind of getting there a little bit, but it's still super, super early stages. They don't have any high-level emulation yet, so it's well, even basically like, everything's unplayable. Even Xbox and PS2, I think they're still struggling with. Xbox, yeah, there is no working Xbox One emulator. Well, God, fucking Xbox One. There is no working original Xbox emulator. There is a perfectly working PS2 emulator, or at least it's worked perfectly of the games I've played on it. So at least that's there. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope that that people will always find a way, but I'm worried. I, and maybe and maybe against our better uh, judgment, uh, against our better logic, uh, game companies are forward thinking enough to say, well, maybe we should at least keep this in our own archives, and and maybe one day we'll want to release it for. I think they do that mostly just to see if, like, maybe one day we'll make an HD version of it and and make people pay for it all over again. <laughs> Which hell, if that's the only thing, like, if that's if that if that's what makes games able to be preserved, fine. I whatever, just as long as it happens, because it's depressing to think about stuff just disappearing into the nothing. I've heard conflicting stories about how easy or hard it'll be to emulate this generation because it's built on x86 architecture and some people say oh that means it's going to be easier to emulate but i've also heard people to say that that architecture is so complicated that it's not just as simple as the architecture being the same as a pc that it still is going to be incredibly difficult might take upwards of 10 15 years yeah i don't know i i don't know that much about that stuff but i do remember when these consoles were being announced and the specs were being announced and they were talking about it it was a lot of discussion about how close it was going to be to how a PC works and how easy it would be to create a port from a console game. And so hopefully, like my, from a completely uneducated person's uh, perspective, it seems like it would be easier because, hey, it's, it's yeah. almost like PC code already. That's what I heard at first. But then they also had like these experts who seemed to know what they were talking about, kind of trying to debunk that. And clarify, no, actually, it's it might even be harder or something like that. I don't know anything about it though. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a techno wizard. I don't know this iPad shit. Yeah, that iPad shit. Do we want to move into our new section of news? No one cares about. Uh, sure. Fine. You don't have any news that people care about uh, left. I mean, I guess there's. What's his face? I, oh, can... the Polygon article. But who cares about that, really? We'll save it. We'll save it. Actually, yeah, that probably belongs under news no one cares about. So we'll yeah, talk about it right in a second. Because, well, I want to I go ahead and talk about this first piece of news. Um, the news. The new Assassin's Creed has been announced, and it's huge news. And yeah. I just want to play a little game. I want to see if you can figure out uh, where and when, or mostly where, Assassin's Creed 
the next one is going to be set based on the dialogue of the trailer. So here we go. Here's the dialogue of the trailer. I transcribed it just for the podcast. Great. It's a bloody, marvelous time to be alive. An age of invention. So many clever blokes dreaming up impossible machines. Sodding away more gold than Queen Victoria herself. (laughs) But none of those shillings ever makes it into the pockets of the poor devils whose blood is spilt. Building this... Sorry, I had to scroll down. Glorious Empire. The working class sleepwalks through life unaware of the machine that drives them. Let's wake them wake them up then, shall we? Did they have to Did they they could have had like one word in there that wasn't dedicated to saying, "Yes, this is steampunk industrial England." Wow, look at how English oh. we are. Total Biscuit should uh should voice in this game. He would be this, right at home. This video game trailer and no exaggeration one of the worst I've probably the worst trailer I've seen since Hatred, the first Hatred trailer. What and, what? And that trailer actually, was phenomenal. And actually it has a lot of similarities to the Hatred trailer. If you listen to it, the way that he says this dialogue, especially this last part that says, uh, whose blood is spilt building this glorious empire. The working class sleepwalks through life unaware of the machine that drives them. Let's wake them up then, shall we? Like it's a very hatred-esque style of writing, and goddamn. Oh, well, yeah, looks, Christ, uh, it's here, but the Hatred trailer was no, fantastic. Was that was not. amazing. That's one of the best It was fantastic, ironically. No. And it wasn't no, meant to great. be ironic, probably. We I still don't, don't really know. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're sitting here defending Hatred. Uh, you know, it deserves it. Yeah. You know, yeah, it it's deserves a, a, it's be a good game. Someone I, needs to stand up for those hatred developers. They do. Destructive creations, they're good guys. <laughs> uh so yeah, we it's talked a terrible about the uh, the new hatred trailer too, but the yeah. actual gameplay seems to have gotten worse. <laughs> yeah. Well but, yeah, who cares about who cares? Assassin's Creed anymore? I no mean, one. Yeah. What do you say? Th- this is probably the I totally understand why they're setting it there because it's popular and Reddit will probably buy a million copies. It's going to be great. Steampunk. Um, Gears. Reddit has been requesting Assassin's Creed to be in uh, Victorian England since the first game. Like, that's because they they jizz over all that shit and good for them. I guess they finally got a game. Now that nobody cares about Assassin's Creed, they finally uh, given the fans what they want uh, and nobody's going to buy it. I think yeah. I think this is going to be. I honestly think this Assassin's Creed game might be a disaster. Uh, I hope. I hope so. <laughs> you're still going to get like the mainstream buys, like people who still just feel like, oh yeah, Assassin's Creed, cool. But it's not. It's going to be bad because people were so burnt by the last game. It happened with Call of Duty. Uh, which one was it? Ghosts, I think, was the yeah. bad one. And and now now Call of Duty isn't selling very well because all it takes is one bad game to fuck it all up. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, I had something I to say. See, I see you trying to get the words out, but what can you really say? I don't know. About I think Assassin's I had something Creed to say. Okay, 12. The trailer, you should actually watch the trailer because it's so bad, it's good. I will. Uh, he, at one point, and this might this might be a little bit self-aware. Either way, it's good. Uh, he, the, the main character's wearing a top hat, of course. When, when, when he goes into badass, you know, assassin mode, <laughs> he takes off the top hat and puts on a hood <laughs> all in one motion and uh that was a pretty good moment i that was i i, I approve of that one thing but uh it 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 plays like i don't want to say dubstep because a bunch of people come in and say no it's actually uh post post punk uh drum and bass but it's it's something dubstep like in the music that does not at all fit what's going on on the screen or the era. I'm actually uh, having like a, a really hard time trying to You should watch the trailer because it's really the... bad. Uh, and they came out with concept art that had Brock Lesnar in it. Uh, I think they used a screenshot of Brock Lesnar doing a UFC fight as reference. And they, they included his back tattoo that's very distinctive. And so the internet went crazy because, hey, Brock Lesnar's going to be in the next Assassin's Creed game. Sold. <laughs> Sold. Um, uh, so, yeah, nobody cares about that. Uh, the other piece of news. The that next I brought... Assassin's Creed should be set in the, uh, the WWE ring. <laughs> and that's the whole world that you get to explore. You can uh, climb up to the top turnbuckle and 
jump onto people and assassinate them with a suplex. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Actually, Sidescreen would be pretty fantastic if they switched all of the assassin maneuvers into wrestling moves. And you could, like, suplex people off buildings and get them into headlocks. And, and then they should like rename it elbow WWE drop. versus Raw and release it five years ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it actually came out five years ago. I'm just making that up. Dota's latest patch is game-changing. It's a huge change to the game. People are going mad. Well, I believe that. I think that's absolutely true. Isn't this like building up to their international tournament? Is this that what this is about? The uh, international, probably. Yes, actually, definitely. I, I I heard someone talking about it, and they said that this would be like the last major patch before all the big tournaments, so that the pros have enough time to get used to it. The e athletes. Yes, the the uh, elite. Athletes, yeah, yeah. athletes, as the Brutalco Network Give calls them. That. <laughs> yes, you should have. Uh, so, let's talk about Polygon. Speaking of news, nobody cares about. Okay. Uh, the title of this opinion piece by Mr. Ben Cachero is: "Is it ever okay to hate a game?" No. Yes, he says no. Wait, and, does? Yeah, he says no. That's ridiculous. I mean, no. It's not in the way that you'd think. He's not talking about putting emotional, you know, wasting emotional capital on hating a game. He's he's saying, like, Does, do they ever really deserve it? I think that the, either, there could be reasons it's okay to hate a game. Like, if it's... there, A lot of it would have to do with, like, business kind of decisions. Like, there's all kinds of really shitty things that a game could do that would warrant cold bitter hatred yeah what if the game is actually called hatred yeah what then but yeah i mean i put it in there but you can't really say much about that either skimming through Um, it it looks like he's talking about uh tarantino and michael bay so and he's an authority on that i'm sure um yeah he's just a tool what do you i thought this guy didn't care about video games anymore i thought he said something like that oh well (laughs) <laughs> um can is there like a like a suicide button on the google hangout i think there's a uh a plugin that you can download okay okay well, well we'll look into that for next podcast speaking of the podcast this isn't game news but this is podcast news um i've been trying to finagle maneuver with apple once more to try to get the podcast on itunes the process basically is you just submit your RSS feed and then they'll take a look at it. If everything's kosher, they'll put it up on the store. And you buy the first a Ouija time, board and you summon Steve yes. Jobs to approve the podcast with a yes or no answer. The first time that I did it, um, it was rejected and they said it was because of the cover art wasn't added right, which I thought was strange because um, I thought because I put the proper dimension cover art in the right field and i thought that i got it right but i did some reading somewhere else and apparently it wants there to be um the cover art attached to the mp3 file like have that actually be the cover art of the mp3 in the id3 mm. tags so i re-downloaded all the audio files attached the cover art and re-uploaded all of it and um so yeah but you can't just resubmit it when you try that, it says it's already been submitted. And so I sent an email to Apple. I'm pretty sure you're just supposed to send them an email once you've corrected whatever problem they think you have, and then they'll look at it again. If that doesn't happen, I'm just going to copy the RSS feed and call it something else and see how it goes. Well, if we're getting serious and we're getting kosher for iTunes, it could be time to drop the Brutalcom powder name. <laughs> no chance. Never. All right. I might. Well, who knows? I I might be willing to drop it from here, but dropping the handle not going to happen. Oh no! Yeah, but well, that's I, precious. That's a precious treasure. But think about it. Think about the professionalism of push to shout. Yeah, the professionalism. By Michael and Skip. There you go. That way, people take us seriously. And that's what all we ever wanted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that'll be cool once um. Once it's you can actually find the podcast on the on the iTunes store, search it up. 
Um, you can actually can subscribe to it through iTunes. You can just paste the RSS feed, and it will act exactly like if you did it through the store. It'll download all the new episodes and have everything right. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably tweet that link again today so people can do that. Things are actually working, and things and the audio versions are all up, and mm-hmm. the RSS uploads them all right instead of half of them being YouTube and half of them being audio, and it, it looks good. It looks professional, uh, except for the talking powder part. You knew what you were getting into. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so what else is video games? Uh... Uh, nothing really. Are you going to be around for the after show? I am, yeah. I guess we'll play some sort of video game there. Yeah. Maybe Payday 2. Payday 2's fun. Anyway. All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. This has been Push to Shout, episode 29. We're going to be doing an after show. I'm on my laptop, Skip, so you should probably do the stream. I'll do the after show yet again, carrying the whole podcast by myself. Fuck you! Fuck you! I, uh, I try so hard! Hitbox.tv slash the Skippy Sigmatic. And that's a the Skippy Sigmatic, not Skippy Sigmatic. The Skippy Sigmatic. That's the Skippy Sigmatic. Again, the And if you Skippy aren't Sigmatic. at the after show, uh, you're banned from all future podcasts. That's right. So there you go. Thanks for watching, guys. See ya. Night.